Hey, hey everyone, this is Dan, the GM, bringing you episode 152. Oh, a two. That means it's time for Dan that suggests another podcast for you to listen to. This one comes from the world and lore of my favorite game, Shadowrun. Now, I do want to warn you, if you do choose to listen to this podcast, it is a very mature show. But they are very immature at the same time. they got language, they've got drugs, they've got all of that. And they are called Pink Fauxhawk. Now, I'm going to shut up because I got a promo from them. Sit back and let your ears take in Pink Fauxhawk. You ever wanted to play Shadowrun? You know, the cyberpunk tabletop game where man meets magic and machine. It's too hard though, right? Too crunchy? Too clunky? It's a lot of math. Wrong! Pink Fauxhawk is a Shadowrun 2nd edition actual play podcast. Played by the rules, but fast and loose. With all the 80s cyberpunk edginess you know and love. Where the hair is big and the explosions are bigger. Follow the story of two rad Shadowrunners making a name for themselves in the mean streets of 2053 Seattle. Tina Bonemeal, nine and a half feet of pure troll muscle, surveillance expert and aspiring actress. John Anderson, former company man with a resume shrouded in mystery and a black belt Nikito. Check out Pink Fauxhawk Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. That, my friends, was Pink Fauxhawk. Now, with all of that aside, you can find all of their information in the episode description, or if you head on over to the Twitterverse, and you go at Pink Fauxhawk, P-I-N-K-F-O-H-A-W-K, you see them in the Twitterverse, hit them up, tell them Dan the GM says, sup. Well, that's all I got. I'm going to shut up and let you guys get on with this week's episode. I'm Dan the GM, this is What The Dice, and you, you are awesome. We sit in the Inventory Guild office waiting for someone to let us know if we have work today. We see on the board tons of flyers for our mining and areas that need help clearing out small small bandits and other small nuisances. Nothing that's really worth our time anymore. We've been with the Adventuring Guild for a while now. We take a deep breath and we sigh as our liaison just shakes their head no. There's no real work for us unless we want to go to the mines. There's been an increase of mining, looking for precious metals to build everything airships to steamships there's been a ton that has been bought up but nothing that we really want to do packing our stuff up we head on down to the campsite where the storyteller has tea and some snacks ready for us 
Well, 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 my friends. It seems as if the day is early, and I'm assuming no work for strapping adventurers such as yourself. Well, that is a shame to see your talents go to waste. Well, let us continue our tale and get your mind off of whatever is going on. The adventurers are moving up to the second floor of Kazimar's Manor, dealing with the Fey Queen and others that have been a nuisance. It seems now they're starting to get into lore and history. Kazimar, the Lich, and Everest, all heroes of the Day of Blood from Holt's Keep. There are more mysteries hidden, my friend. So sit back, relax, and hear the tale. In the last episode, the adventurers have made their way deep. Well, not deep. They made their way up and down. They kind of went everywhere inside this strange manor that is owned by this strange creature of the night that has sent them on an errand to reclaim his home. This ex-adventurer-gone vampire seems to have this manor hidden deep in the woods, which the dark, corrupted fae have successfully taken over. In the process of poking their noses where they don't belong, they have found crystals that the adventurers promptly shot and destroyed. And Ephibulus almost got sucked into one. Almost. Almost. Did I miss anything? Um, he one-shotted you the one dude. We are not talking about that one-shot. Why not? It was an epic one-shot. Everyone said so. It was beautiful. And Ephibulus one-shotted a boss. Happy. Yes. I'm going to just get on with this week's episode, shall we? Great. We shall. We come back as you guys have entered this sitting lounge area with paintings that have been undamaged, except for one that has been scarred and ripped away. You guys had kind of come to the conclusion that someone is trying to hide their existence or that the Fae are trying to remove them from existence. Or somebody's angry at them for some reason. Or someone is mad. Someone's mad enough to rip beautiful oil paintings. Crime against art kind. Mm -hmm. Would you guys like to start with investigating this room or do you want to continue to poke around and try to find more crystals that you can break? Because enemies apparently can't have nice things. Well, it's not like we're here to loot things and we're mostly looking to get rid of all of the dark fey that's in here, so... Look around further. Okay, he'll look around further. All right. Kalila's just going to be like, that's nice, and keep going. But if the Fibulus will look around, she'll keep guard. All right. Is there anything particular you're looking for, or are you just poking around just to poke around? Um... Poking around to poke to poke around at the moment, unless something catches us. I I think we stop without ex really exploring this area. Yeah, right. it was more introduction and then end, I believe. All right, so go ahead and roll me a perception. You almost said initiative. No, I would never do such a thing for the beginning of an episode. 
I like to end episodes with initiative rolls. Much more of a cliffhanger. 34. With a 34, you poke around. You notice that the plant that is here is, you know, been watered recently. It is still lively. The furniture is of very high quality. Apparently this vampire has a good taste in fabric and leathers. All the wood is hand-cuned iron wood and has got a beautiful mahogany glow to it. Every now and then you will, like, as you look behind a thing, you'll see a dark face, see you, and just run. Apparently, if it is one-on-one, they do not want to deal with you. As it runs, tip figures go, bye! Kalila's going to observe which way it went. Down the hallway? Up the hallway? It kind of flew over the railing and down, like it is literally running away. As you get closer to the paintings, you notice that the names are clearly spelled out. You see the Lich. His name was Ara, or sorry, Arok, A-R-O-K. You see, of course, his partner is Everest. You see the vampire, whose name was... And Everest was the... Zombie? What is he? Was the the one that was more zombie-like. Arok was clearly the Lich. You see underneath the more roguish looking of them, Kazimar. And then the last one, the name is, is scratched out, but you can kind of make out some lettering. What letters do we make out? You see the last name, or the, yeah, the last name is Sylvan. S-I-L-V-A-N. And the first name, you see an L and then an I-S. But there's three letters that have been heavily scratched where you really can't make out what they are. Like, scratched, like, if the figures was to take paper on, put it on top and then try to rattle on it, that it would not show it, or...? It might, but it is kind of like if you took a knife to, like, soft brass and just scratch like you were trying to get rid of evidence. You might be able to, but it might also be harder to see. Defibulous will see if he can get a a rubbing on it and see what he gets. Alright, so give me a do engineering to do the rubbing. A knowledge or profession? Profession. And then I need a straight d20 roll after you give me that number. So 32 for the engineering. Okay. 19 on die. Yes. Uh, You're able to kind of look at the way the lettering is done on the last name, Sylvan. And you're able to kind of feel the impression of the brass. And you come up with the name Leoris Sylvan. Hey, I got the one guy's name finally. Oh, what's his name? Leoris Sylvan? Has Kalila ever heard of that name? No. No, you have not. Can't say that I've ever heard of it, but good to know. So, my question is, this guy was a hero and was all chummy-chummy with everyone. Why is he, like, look like he's being phased out of existence? That's a good question, considering it's the only one that seems to be targeted. He either did something, maybe he became bad? 
maybe they had a fight? Maybe they don't like his face? I mean, I don't like people's faces, but I don't go trying to erase them from history. True. I can't say that I've ever set out to... Uh, I mean, technically, we're... I mean, going after God, would that... Is that gonna erase them from... As she starts tangenting on into a thought of the am I trying to erase something from history in this moment? No, no, we're not trying to erase them from history. Just take the, down. The uh, damage on the brass, was that recent damage or was that old damage? It looks like recent damage. You can actually still see sign signs of like the knife where you know over time the metal would chip away this looks like it had happened in the last couple of hours mm, this is kind of recent damage too so the fey obviously don't like this guy there's a good question as to why the fey doesn't like this guy maybe he hurt them in the past but these are the corrupted fey so, maybe it has something to do with the corruption? Maybe, but it's kind of weird that they seem hell-bent on... Everything related to this guy is wrecked. Everyone else is left alone. Yeah, and so is the furniture. She observes the nice, elegant furniture that seems to be untouched. You know, why don't we have furniture like this in our place? Because when we first started out, it was a free house covered by the city, and we haven't upgraded anything. Right. And we haven't been back yet. But when we get back to the Holy City, we can upgrade some nice furniture. We'll get you your own, looking at the recliner, own chair. I just need a really comfy chair when I sit at the workbench. We will make sure to get you a nice comfy chair to work in. I appreciate that. And I'll even get you a really nice table for working on your bows. That's fair. I was more thinking a nice tree in the backyard, but okay. I mean, we already have a tree in the backyard. It's Mexi's. Yes, well, I meant one that I can climb on a daily basis. I'm sure he wouldn't mind you climbing his tree in a, on a daily basis. All right, the next time we go and get a Mexi, I'm going to climb the tree and see if he's bothered by it. Also, does he have any windows in that tree? You know, that is a damn good question. The doors move. I wonder if it's possible to jump over the door and climb his tree. Huh. We're Goals getting distracted. We, we should be looking for the next crystal thing. Right, right, right. Well, let's not wreck his furniture because I'm. I don't know if he's going to take us out of our, put us on a tab for wrecking stuff. Probably not, considering we're getting completely rid of this problem for him. But yes, it would be nice for us to try not to mess up the place. My question, did the Fae bring the crystals or were the crystals already here? I've been wondering that, but I think the Fae possibly brought the crystals because of the, like, you know, nesting down in the basement. We found one up here, too. Maybe the first one started in the basement. So that's why it's the nesting area, or was the nesting. Now it's a creepy dungeon torture area? Yeah, something like that. All right, so which way are we going? Well, we've seen what's down one hallway. There seems to be another two doors we can explore. And she's going to peek her head around this other hallway to the, I'm going to just assume it's to the west. 
As you peer around this corner, you see a bunch of Fae see you and scatter. I think they're catching on to Fibulus. There was more than one and they just poofed. I also need a quick perception check. 37. With a 37, you notice a piece of paper ripped slightly and it looks like it was in the process of being burned. The edges smoldering just slightly as it gently drops to the ground just about 20 feet away from you. She'll go and grab it and use her cat paws to pat it out. Patting it out, you look over and it's a handwritten note. It's a journal entry. It's old. The ink is well dried and the paper has yellowed with time. The date is burned and kind of scratched out. And you begin to read it. It's been a long travel. We have been called to Hold's Keep to give a hand with the problem. Me and my adventuring party, we, we have been doing this long enough. We know the routine. You go, you fight, you save the kingdom, and you get riches. Something doesn't seem as right with this one. It doesn't settle in my gut. This orc that we're fighting is known for brutality and is smarter than your average orc. I will let the team know of my interests and what my thoughts are, but it seems as if their view is with two spellcasters, a warrior, and myself, we, we should be okay. But, I don't know. Something doesn't feel right. And as the end of the page. She'll share it with Defibulus. Let him read over it. Because the Fae seem to have been trying to burn this. Like I said, it almost feels like they're trying to delete him from history. I mean, that's very intriguing as to why they would want to do that, and... If the Fae are corrupted by the Bone God, which I can only assume that they are, but maybe it's unrelated. But given everything that's going on, I'm going to make that assumption. Why would they be doing that? And just him. I mean, I don't I don't remember much history about this guy, come to think of it. Nor do I, but we can tuck it into the bag of holding. Talk to Kazimar once we're done here about it. Maybe he'll have more answers. Um, would that be a local history check to see if there is more knowledge on this guy? Yeah, you uh, you could do a knowledge local. I mean, I'll try too, because... Yeah. Lila, you will roll at disadvantage because your village is kind of isolated. Oh, man! I just rolled a 19! <laughs> 25 total. That's a 21, at least. The Fibulus, you kind of remember bits and pieces of your history. And you don't remember the orc's name. You do remember that it he was more brutal than the other orcs. But you can't really remember how things played out. You know that the, the forces of good held against the wave as these adventurers did eventually make make purchase and are able to fight back but you remember that 
where most people celebrated, and you've seen it here, they called it the Day of Blood, but you never really understood why. Some people incorporated it to that holds keep held its ground, but it did cost them quite a bit of their army. And the orc army that they did fight against lost massive amounts of numbers. So there's that kind of connection of it's because of how much death happened at one day. But were the heroes, were their names given from what he recalled or no? You do recognize Liaris, or Li yeah, Liaris as one of the names, but Kazimar, um, Kazimar and Everest aren't familiar, but the name Erok is. So you recognize the the orc who went lich, and you re recognize the name, and you kind of place it as maybe elven in nature, but there are some humans that get elven names because of where they grow up. Well... I kind of remember my history. Yeah, I was probably more sketching schematics at that point. But anyway, um, from what I remember, Erok and Le Leoris are mentioned, but the others are not. Well, I can't say that I've heard anything about it, but I come from a tiny little village in a forest, so... Well, when all this craziness is over, I'll have to invite you to the ho to my home if it's still standing and not been burned to the ground by a vengeful, angry wife of my brother. But anyway, um, yeah. And you, then you can study all the history books there because there's tons of them, or was. But I'm concerned about, like, why this guy is being phased out of history. Mm. Especially since it's becomes, it seems to be coming from the Fae, the corrupted Fae. You know, why doesn't anyone who sends us on these missions ever give us a way to contact them with questions? Why do you think I keep demanding magic chalk from Nicodemus? Because it would be awfully useful, probably both on both of our parts, not just for us, but also for him to be knowing what's going on. That's why I really hope that that pigeon comes back. I kind of wonder Raven. if he even... I don't know what they sent. I, I kind of wonder if he even remembers he sends us out on these missions until we get back. And then it's the whole surprise, we're back, and then he remembers that we came back. I've just been suspicious of that, too. Or he's remembered that he finally finally remembers he sent us somewhere. Although we've apparently been gone for a little while, so I'm sure he'll be definitely surprised again to see us. I'm going to duck when I walk in the room, because I get the feeling things are going to be hurled. He hasn't hurled anything at us that I know of. We haven't been gone six months yet. Has it? I thought we'd been gone a month. Eh, month, six months, it feels like years. Yes, the time in the Miranda was... Anyways. Down the hall or up the hall? Well, the stairs leading back downstairs is there. Let's check the room that's closest to the stairs and then proceed down the hallway. Okie dokie. Want to make sure we have a clean exit if we need it. This door, before you open it, is heavily banded in iron... You see symbols of a warrior, um, like a sword as a, a bandishing or a, a metal banding. But you also notice that there are arcane runes written across it. 
they're not glowing or pulsing magic, but it is more of like indicating their branch of magic. Does anyone have knowledge? Is it knowledge arcana? Or is it knowledge? Um, I think Kalila does. One sec. I do actually have knowledge arcana. All right. Give me that roll of knowledge arcana. Nat one. <laughs> it's a happy little sunshine scratched into wood. Oh, look how pretty. I wonder why it's not glowing yet. Um, what was that? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. As she will undistract herself and see if she can figure out the arcana again. <laughs> Tilt her head to the left. Give me another roll. 24 this time. With a 24, you study them and you realize these are necromantic runes. They are not necromantic runes in the sake of a spell, but they are more like indication of what necromantic god you worship under. This one tends to be one that you don't really recognize, but it it's neither here nor there. It's not casting any magic. It is more of a kind of like saying, hi, my name is so-and-so, and I worship so-and-so. Okay, she goes, well, these are necromantic runes, so maybe the lich's room, since it was a warrior, an orc, now he's a lich. Um, he'll just check the door. Does it look like the Fae have been prying at it, poking at it? It looks like the door has been pried open. It is just a little bit open, but it has been pried open. Well, should we see what type of damage they did in here? Yeah, see if it uh, goes along with our theory. Fabius will very. He'll kind of step to the side of the door and get and put his arm on it and kind of push the door open while being all, being against the wall. Well, I'll hover about just in case there's a Fay that comes screeching on her face, but be ready. So you are readying an action. Yes. Okay. Just in case. Okay. As the door slowly creaks open. There's that sickly color of light that starts to pour through the crack more and more. But this one has a strange, eerie fog that goes with it. Inside, you hear the sound of clashing of metal and fighting. And as the door fully opens, you see small skeleton warriors and they are swinging swords and shields at Fey and crushing or destroying them as they can. The crystal in the center seems to be encased in a cage of bone. These, This bone cage is flexing and stopping the crystal from continuing to grow. Uh, I think we just walked in into, walked into a battle. Yeah, but my question is, is who's controlling the skeletons? She's going to take aim at the crystal. Okay. Well, I mean, the skeletons are killing the fae, which is helpful. I'm going to presume they're on our side for the moment, considering this is a friend's house. And she's going to at least release, unless Defibulus tells her not to, because it's, it's a bow. It's very obvious she's about to release and take a, a, a shot at the crystal. Roll to hit. 
34. With it, that your arrow strikes true, and your arrow pierces in, and it almost slows down to half speed as it hits, and it seems like it is piercing through almost a semi-solid. Not so much like a liquid, but more of a, a really dense gelatinous cube. And it pierces through, and then it stops. And the crystal begins to crack, and beams of black light begin to pierce out, hitting different creatures, both skeleton and fey, and they just turn to ash as the crystal shatters. That was a little bit easy. As the strange crystalline dust begins to fall and settle, you see a scrying orb in the center of the room that is clear begin to turn black. And you hear the lich's voice echoing. No. Hi. Hi. You have entered my old room. Yeah, there was a corrupted face. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. I sent... I summoned a few of my minions there to deal with it. Did they not do well? They were holding it at bay. Uh, important information. The Fays are growing corrupted crystals. So the skeletons did something with a bone cage, and there was corrupted Fay and skeletons fighting. I don't well, know for how long. I fear this might have been the case. I've been doing some studying. I've left some books in the study there that I, I was going to go get, but Kazmar wasn't home when I went. I got a question for you. Ah, yeah, what? Um, why is Leon Leor Leoris, like, being wiped from history here? I don't know. Because these face seem to have a pretty big grudge against the guy. Yeah, anything that involves Leoris is being destroyed, including journal pages, portraits, name tags. Everest and I kept a library. It's between our rooms. It should be the next room over. You will find a skeleton of a orc. It has been cleaned and is used for understanding the bone structure, something Everest was doing. Inside the skull, there is a small black orb. Take that orb, go to Everest's room, which should be at the end of the hall. There's an old mirror that is missing a stone. Put it in that place. That is an old scrying mirror that we use to record our thoughts and our, our feelings. Reach out with your mind. Seek out the one in the library named Leoris. Use his name. And I know Everest and I spoke about it. If you are going to be dealing with if Leoris is still around, if this is his doing, or if you need information. That is the best way. Leoris kept a journal, but... Yeah, we found parts of it. 
If that's the case, he only kept one. I don't have the memory I used to. I, I know Leoris was special to us. He fought by our side for many, many years until the Day of Blood. Everest kept good records then. Find the scrying mirror and there more answers will be available. All right. Is there anything I can answer for you now? I don't believe I have any, I don't believe I have any weapons or scrolls in my old room that would be of use. That was back when I still had a mortal form and you two wouldn't wear my old armor. It's much too big for you. There's no, we're just going room by room making sure everything is cleansed. The only other place that, where all did you find crystals? In the basement, the cellar, in the, well, the main room when you first walk in and then the room that is directly. Torture room. That one. Uh, your room had a crystal in it. There was a room downstairs, right side, hallway, middle room before the kitchen. And one upstairs, well, if you're facing the stairwell from the living room, right side, first door. How many crystals were there? Like four? So I thought there was only supposed to be four. There were supposed to be four that you know of. Doesn't mean that there isn't an extra one. He sits and thinks for a moment. Based on what you've told me, you found a crystal in the you found a crystal in the former dining room where we all would break bread and talk of our tales and talk of what we've done in our dreams and our passion. You found a crystal in the pantry and you found one by the torture room. Was that near the room with the maps? Yes. That was the old armory then. It seems as if these crystals are being put where we as a team would congregate and share our lives together. Which is interesting because it wasn't in the living room upstairs. We never really spent time there as a, oh. a group. I think what you are doing are finding solid connection points. Points where people would spend hours talking and becoming part of each other's lives. The study would be where the next crystal should be, but that door would be locked. We were gifted the skeleton key. Which one? The one that talks? Ah, uh, yes, Everest's old key. Everest had a flair for the dramatic when he was more skin and bone than bone and skin. His voice trails off for a long moment. The scrying mirror will give you many answers. I fear as if someone is trying to erase his memories. Yeah, that's Defibulus's hypothesis. Not necessarily memories, but from history. Yes. Liaris never wanted to be a hero. 
I remember that much. Well, I do wish you safe. This crystal has been used for a long time and is slowly draining. Thanks for the help. Of course. The crystal slowly fades from that reflective black to a milky white as the last of its energy seems to disperse. It's all right. The library should be next to get that crystal in the next room up. And we go find a potential last crystal to destroy? Yeah, so far. To the library door. You find in this room, well, not in this room, you find in this doorway, it is a large, double-sided door, big enough for the lich to move through without too much problem. The door is cracked open just slightly, and you can hear the the fluttering of wings, and you can hear the sounds of books being ripped apart. These guys are really destructive, aren't they? They are. You want a dramatic entrance? Kick the doors open? Go into blazing? Mm. Or stealth through and you take some shots? See if they flee this time when we come in. Because I'm kind of curious why they keep fleeing from us. All right. She'll take one side of the door, wait for Defibulous to take the other, and count of three. Sounds good. One, two, three. Push forward, door open. As you push the door open, you see there are a lot of fey in here, and they are ransacking and digging through and ripping books and tossing them to the side, and then they stop as the door flings open, and a couple of them screech and go to run as one of them yells out something that you don't recognize, and they stop. And they all turn, and they kind of hiss growl as they begin to slowly inch their way towards you. It wasn't what they yelled wasn't in Sylvan? No. Okay then. Because we both speak Sylvan. I am aware. Okay. Was it an orc or goblin or elven? Draconic? No, no, and no. But if anyone wants... Does anyone have knowledge history? I have local history. Nope, knowledge history. Elvin. Oh, no, wait, that's London. I have religion, planes, nature, local, geography, engineering, dungeoneering, and arcana. You have knowledge engineering? Yes, I picked it up from you. I, I figured at this point she's been hanging around watching you so long that it's the connect the yellow wire to the yellow wire <laughs> instead of the blue wire. <laughs> I will let you do knowledge planes. Okay. Eleven. No. Okay. It sounds like gibberish to you. So I was like, I got nothing as she pulls up her bow. At least they're not running this time. Yeah. So I'm, there are about 15 of them. So we are going to break them up into groups of five. And we are going to use uh, swarm rules with them to make this combat a little easier for everyone. Does that sound fair? 
Yeah, whichever. I get to actually try out a new uh, attack with my new siege bow. Sounds good, although I don't fully remember uh, storm rules. You're not aiming for individuals as you kill, as you deplete their HP. You are killing off a quote-unquote number of them. Uh, and they also attack in unison. So it's group of five, group of five, group of five. It makes things, it'll make things streamlined for us. Yeah, makes sense. So I need a roll for initiative. Please roll once. I would be greatly appreciated if you all just roll ones. No. 30. I hate you, Defibulous. You're supposed to roll a one. 14. All right. At least you run last. 28. I'm sorry. You're still first. Top of the round. Defibulous. You have these 15 fey, and they are snarling and glowing all sorts of colors. Fibulous will shoot at the bunch that is closest to him. All right. They are about 15 feet away. 44. Okay. That is a do, 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 hit. 16 damage in the first shot. He will fire a second shot. 32 to hit on the second. That is a hit. <laughs> Don't sound more excited. <laughs> 21 damage on that shot. And that is the end of your round? Yes, unless I can ha I have their attacks. I don't think I do. No, you do not. All right. Defibulous, the fey that you shot all start to swarm together and begin to coalesce in a green... I'm sorry, in a red orb. And they are going to cast a spell. A 20 to hit. Targeting armor? Uh, it's targeting you in general. I kind of need to know what I'm defending. Like, my AC... Yes, your AC. Other than no. It misses? Mm-hmm. A series of molten hot volcano clumps begin to fly past you as you kind of duck and dodge and you see them hit the wall and begin to burn the wall behind you. Well, that's just rude. A set number two. They are coalescing together and they are eyeing Kalila. Of course. You gotta share the love. And I am rolling like utter crap again today. Does an 18 hit? New. All right, you kind of cover your ears as there is this screech that is targeted directly at you. Yeah, she remembers the screech from before, so it's probably why she covered her ears in time. All right. Last one. The last group seem to cluster together, and they begin to throw something that looks like energy at the Fibulous. Where are all my trip traps? <laughs> okay. All right. They throw two magic missiles at the Fibulous, and they cause seven points of damage. Ow. That makes it Kalila's round. Woohoo! I've been waiting for this one. I haven't. <laughs> so Kalila's gonna pull out her bow, but instead of casting Grav Bow, 
and holding it up in a vertical type stance. She actually shifts her bow, and I was trying to like come up with some nice like flavor for this, right? She's actually going to shift her bow to where she's holding it horizontally. And I'm going to assume magically there's arrows that appear what looks to be kind of stacked. As she pulls her bow back, before she releases a glint of four fairies, one in each group. And I was thinking that since Defibulus took aim at the group that is technically what would be to our, I'm going to say right, two fairies in the group to the left will light up and then one in each the other two groups because it marks up to four creatures. So one in each cluster. Uh, and as she releases, it will release four arrows at one time to fly towards each of the groups. And for the next three rounds, all of my attacks... Uh, that strike the user, up to four arrows and what have you, uh, can do 2d6 damage. Okay. It is a siege, so she's laying down with pretty much covering fire from a siege bow. So it's releasing four arrows at once, kind of in like a uh, multi-pronged attack. Okay. Roll your hit then. It is. I have to roll for each one. So I'll okay. be ro making four rolls. Because okay. it does say, uh, require successful attack rolls against each target. All right, go for and it. And not the, and you cannot stack, does not stack against a single target. Okay. So then you're only doing three, because there's only three groups of fae. Okay, I mean, I assume since there's more than one, but that's fine. I can accept you that. Can, you can uh, split the difference on one of them, because technically there's just multiple fae. That's what I was saying is... Since there's multiple Fae in a group, I was assuming two one one. But I, to be fair, I mean I can accept one one one. But no, no, two one one is fine. Okay. Well, I'm figuring out where all my stuff feels. Does a thirty one hit? Yes. Does a thirty hit? Yes. Thirty one again. Yes. And a nat twenty on the last. Of course that hits. All right, so for damage, the first set of 2d6 on the first fey. 22 damage for the first fey. 21 damage for the second fey. 25 damage for the la the third fey. And since this is a crit, it is a times three damage. 26 damage, I didn't roll very high. Okay. So in one of the groups, about half of the fairies have pop around. Or actually, no, before we forget, Kalila, you also have Yugen and Mugen to play with. <laughs> yep, we always forget about them. Okay, so you said in the first group, the, the group that Defibulous targeted, there's right. half the fairies down? Yes. Well, we are going to have Mugen launch... Ranged attack, so his, his his missiles, his... I can't say it. it. It's too much of a tongue twister for me. <laughs> he is going to fire his magic mithrals. Magic mithrals, yes. At the group that's farthest away, the one that's just dead ahead. Okay. Does a 24 hit. Right on the money. Oh, snap. Okay, let me get a d4. 
And they will be hit with three missiles. Okay. If I remember right, they are 2d6. Each, yes. Yes, I was double checking. Okay, so here's the first. Is, not just a flat 2d6, is seven. Six. Ooh. And 11. Okay. And then a Hugin is going to do a leaping attack towards the first group on the left of what would be Kalila, the one that I'm assuming had two Faye hit. Mm hmm. And is going to do a leaping bite attack. I'm just finding his bite. Ooh, and he hits with a nat 20. Nice. I, have, I know. I, I think it's like one of his first his first twenty. I am starting to dread tonight's rolls on your end. Okay, it's the bonus numbers because those like first three attacks were like sixes and sevens on the die. So, not the point. Still dreading them. <laughs> um, does his bite just do standard times two damage? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I see it now. Ooh, max damage. 25 points of damage. Fibulous, you're round. Well then, there's still three groups of them still. Yep. I will shoot at the closest one again. All right, go ahead. You just go ahead and roll that one for me. How about a nat 20? Ask and you shall not receive. Clearly. <laughs> Maybe you should be asking for crits, good sir. No, because then it'll flip on me and it'll stay the same. Go ahead and roll your damage. 64 damage to the to that pack. There is like one fairy alive and he is very, very bloody. Well, then I'll shoot him a second time. 39. That is a hit. Can your rifle do more than 16 points of damage in a shot? 16 on the nose. Describe your kill, then. Well, after having molten slag or whatever thrown at him, Defibulous unleashes a barrage of bullets into them and then takes aim at the last one right to the face. Okay. As it ashes away it, in Sylvan, it calls you a short pistol-wielding pain. I don't know. I can't think of an insult. Don't want to come up with a too bad of an insult for a, a, a PG-13 yeah. rating. It calls you dirty, dirty names and insults your mother. Yes. My mother was a saint. All right. Faye's turn. As I want to say, technically, probably Kalila would be like, really? What did? Who did she worship? Because Kalila wouldn't get the reference. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Right. One of the surviving pixies is going to be spelling casting at the fibulous with a nat one. So uh, let me roll some percentiles. You asked for a one. Not from me. All right, nothing. Pixie number two is aiming at the fibulous as well. And they're going to launch magic missiles at you. Because at least that hit the last time. 
yes. Nine points of damage as two bolts of mana just strike you. Delilah, you're around. Siege attack again, because that lasts for three rounds. So I'm assuming two and two? Yep. 27 hit? 25 hit? Oh, that was almost another nat 20. It literally spun off the paper. Lucky. 32 hit? 34 hit. Yes, all of those are hits. All right, fairy number one takes 25 points of damage. Fairy number two takes 18 points of damage. Yeah, I dropped a die. Fairy number three takes 19 points of damage. And the last take 22 points of damage. All right. As four more arrows come hurling out of Kalila's bow. Hugin and, nice and Mugen. Right. Well, this time Hugin must close the distance if he wishes. So he might just sit back and relax for a second while he reloads his missiles so he doesn't have to run up and make bite attacks. Mm-hmm. And Hugin, being already on top of the Fae, will make another bite attack. Nom, nom, nom. This time it's going to be a poisonous bite attack if it hits. Hooray. I don't know if they're automatically poisonous bites or not, but this time I'm at least going to call it. Uh, it should always be poisonous bites. Okay, well, I forgot his poison damage last time. Meh, that's fine. This is considered a melee. 31 to hit for a bite. That is a hit. Bite from the spider. And he does. 15 points of damage. He does. 3 points of poison damage. Okay. Defibulous, you're out. Well, the little bastards that keep shooting me with magic missile, I'm going to shoot them with a standard missile. Twice. Kablam, kablam. Go for it. 41 to hit. That is a hit. 21 damage in, in that shot. Okay. And my second shot, I really need to like up my crit critical threat range to a 19, because I keep rolling 19s. I no. told you to take uh, improved initiative. Right. I mean, improved crit. <laughs> I'm happy where you're at, thank you. I'll, I'll fix it when we level, don't worry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'll remind you. Oh, thank you. 18 damage in the second shot. Hey, number one, which is the ones that is the furthest across the room. Mm-hmm. They begin to spiral and spin, going faster and faster, and as they are, they are moving closer and closer. This is going to be a cone attack, and it is going to hit both of you. I'm going to be rolling my attacks. Give me one moment. Mm -hmm. And there will be a reflex save for half. Oh, sweet. 28 for Kalila. Oh, so close, but a near miss. And a 31 for Defibulous. 
That is it. Then go ahead and roll my reflex. There's no critical success in reflex checks, is there? No, there is not. What'd you roll? Like nat 20, which is a total of 34. Then you're taking half damage. Skillfully so. We're very skillfully still taking damage. Be quiet. So at full damage, it would be 12. So you take six points of damage as they begin to hurl shards of glass and pens and quills and all other manner of sharp pointy implements. Whatever was in the room inconvenient. Yes. Okay, number two. So just to confirm, they did not move from their location. They did. Okay. Okay, thank you. And the ones that are by Hugin, they're actually going to attack Hugin. My Hugin. 24 to hit on Hugin. That is a hit on a Hugin. Run away, die. And later on to Edra. Let's try that again. Nine points of damage as they surround Hugin and begin to stab him with little spears. Oh no, my Hugin! Top around, or not top around? I'm sorry, Kalila, you're around. How much damage was it to Hugin? Nine. Thank you. Rude. I know, very rude. But Kalila will use the last of her siege attack on the group of fairies again, two and two. First one is a nat 20. Okay, so hit. Sorry, I was mathing 26. Hit. 33. Hit. And I end with another nat 20. Hit. Thank you. The first one is 29 points of damage. That is already- Describe your kill. My kill. So seeing her, her wonderful spider companion, Hugin, being stabbed by a bunch of spears, she will hone her gaze towards that particular fae group as she unleashes her siege of arrows and watches as one very precisely just pierces through. I'm assuming it was there one or two fairies. There were three fairies left. They just happened to be in a line and those arrows just whack, 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 right through. Stabling all three of them to the wall on one stick before they poof. All right. And for your other attacks. So two of the two arrows were dedicated to that group. So I'm going to skip the one arrow and move to arrow three and four. Third arrow is a total of 26 damage. Okay. And the last arrow, which is the second crit, doing my math, is a total of 33 damage. Would you like to describe the final kill? Also having, seeing Defibulus get attacked by the, the barrage of magic missiles from this, I think it's this group, at least once, if not twice, those other arrows sail through the air, piercing. Was there how many, how many Fae were left? Uh, there was two at full health and one at half health. So the two would have struck true or gotten struck true since they were so close to the same location. And that third arrow would have taken that last fairy out by de-winging it. 
as the last fairy hits the ground and poofs into a cloud of ash. You look around this room. The books are splayed out across the room. Pages are ripped. Small little fires are lit, but have kind of sizzled themselves out. And as you look around, the damage of this once beautiful, arconic library, we are going to end this week's episode right here. Hey, Kalila. Hmm. Do you think those Faye got the point? I do think they got the point. I hope they made them groan. Rise back from the dead. You suck! Drop over dead. <laughs> Well, 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 it seems as if the adventurers have found a library of arconic nature with a scrying orb that gave them a, the ability to speak to the lich and finding out a little bit more about what and who lived here. It seems as if the adventurers have come across a hero's manner. Well, Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for tonight. For the moon is high, and it is time for us to say farewell. But as always, me friends, may the dice gods bless your every roll. We here at What the Dice would like to thank Paizo for creating Pathfinder, Epidemic Sound for our music, as well as Sirenscape for our sound effects. If you would like to reach out to us, you can do so on Facebook at What the Dice Pod, Twitter at What the Dice Pod, and of course email WhatTheDicePod at gmail.com. And if you liked our little adventure, please share us with your friends and rate and review us. 